Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Otari Dorgan. And with me, as always, is a man whose bedroom door is hidden inside a map of Columbus. <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and I really just, I like to think about myself as living deep underground in the city. Like, what caught me about that scene was, is I cannot tell if... I I swear that I read the guy leaving as being slightly flustered about where the fucking doorknob was, and that may have been yeah. purely mental for me. I still don't know whether or not, like, did he have trouble figuring out where the doorknob was, or is that me projecting? Because uh, I swear he kind of, like, stutter steps for just a minute, like, oh, wait, what? Wait, where, wait, mm-mm. and then, like, gets out. I don't know. I I can't can't tell. I just I I mentally processed it that way because I was like, ah, I can't find the doorway door doorknob in this image, so nobody else can either. That's probably fair. Maybe there's really no doorknob. Maybe it's just like a Well, no, I eventually pot. found it. I eventually found it. Like I what I had assumed was like a rotunda or something was actually a doorknob. Maybe it was both the rotunda and the doorknob. Like, if they were very clever, it would happen, right? Like, if you were doing this properly, you'd be like, yes, I happen to put it in the in the rotunda area so that it's the shape and size of the rotunda, which which unfortunately would mean you scaled the entire fucking map to match, right? Which is a whole other set of problems, right? Because, like, well, then again, why you fucking have a giant map on your wall? Like, Well, the alternative the alternative would be that eventually... When he owns the land, he will build a giant replica of his doorknob in the city. This is also true, which is actually what happened in Chicago. So before we get to the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Uh, for just a dollar a month, you can keep us going and get a little bonus content for yourself. You are literally we the do only a non criterion keeps us going. Let's be clear here. <laughs> it, is, it is nice to know that people want us to keep going. Yes, it is. Uh, it's very important. Enough to give us a dollar. Uh, no, but over there you can get... Uh, you get access to a bonus episode. We do a non-criterion film that you also get to vote on. Um, we've done some really interesting stuff over there. Some really terrible stuff. Some really good stuff. Yeah, we've uh, we done. Did Ernest goes to camp. We have crossed the threshold of nightmare. <laughs> we did. We watched the Will Ferrell kicking and screaming, which is a terrible yeah. movie. We, we watched. We are, uh, I'm not Monster actually Squad. alive. You may you may not realize this, but I am actually a ghost. Pat is a ghost. Um, that movie did it to me. Yeah. We've watched Critters 2. We've watched Aliens. We've watched uh, The Americanization of Emily and Dog Day Afternoon and Failsafe. You know, we've, it's, we've really, we've hit all over the quality map. Yeah, we there. have. We've really. And it's really fun. Yeah, it's bad that way. Yeah. It's good and bad that way. I mean, it's, it's, I, I enjoy it, but it's also wildly hard to figure out what that podcast is. Other than just a bonus right, podcast right. for this show. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, patreon.com slash lost in criterion if you want to get involved with that. For a little extra $5 a month, we like to thank those people on air just for their extra boost. Uh, and thank you in that regard to Kevin Little and Adam Speakerman for your continued support. Yes, thank you. A little above that, we do something really nice. I really love it. Uh, Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we've watched recently. And I get printed up on a postcard and write you a little note of thanks or amusing on the movie or, or whatever I feel like writing and mail that off to you. That's $10 and above for that mark. And uh, we've got two people it's at that it. Let's be clear level it's right now. It. it really, it, I really it, love it. I'm not, I'm not being facetious even a little bit. It is totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I it, I love it. I think it's the best thing we do. Actually, probably better than the podcast we do. Frankly, that that might be fair. If we could convert this to a project where we just make a postcard based on every criteria, mail it to people. I would totally do it. Yeah, mail it to people. For it. Anyway, anyway, ten dollars and above for that, and the uh, the folks doing that, we want to thank them as well. Thank you, Michael McGrath and Jason Westhaber, uh, for your support there. Yeah, uh, yeah keeps us going and it's really really helpful you know we we'd probably do this even if no one was giving us money but it is definitely yeah, definitely helpful well we did it for yeah. a long time with nobody giving us money like that, that, that is happened also true. for a pretty long time but like it, oddly enough having the the sort of financial backing kind of does make it feel i don't know somehow it changed the dynamic to make it like i'm no longer like a worried about disappointing adam I'm worried about disappointing the yeah. people who give us money, which is probably a better dynamic because I disappoint Adam a lot over the time we've known each other. <laughs> so, like, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion if you want to get involved with that, and we are we are grateful to those who are. Yes, we are. Absolutely. This week we're talking about Hands Over the City, or La Mani Sutta... I'm sorry. Why do I you put a, why, put a T why, where there should be an L? Why? But also, like I understand that it that it's a fundamental necessity for you, but you literally always sound like you're about to say like that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> that's a spicy meatball. That's the translation. Like, I, I don't know what city. happens, but no. like le mani, yeah. le mani salicita. It's just it's the way Italian uh, vowels and 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 consonants are pronounced. You can't. Help but hear the way you're suggesting. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, putting you extra can't A's help in but hear, It's a Mia Mario, basically, is what you're telling me. I get you. I, like, get you. I don't try. I think, are, I, let's be clear here. I'm I really think it's more on your end than my end, though. You think so? It could be. It could be my own bias on this that, like, whenever I hear anybody trying to pronounce Italian, I just automatically hear. Like that's yeah. a spicy meatball, or or it's a Mia Mario. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right, fine right. with that. Anyway, I'm, it's I'm a 1963. Very, I'm very racist and bigoted. This is well known, well <laughs> established true. in the podcast. It's a 1963 film by Francesco Rossi. Uh, we've watched one Rossi film before. It was a while ago, uh, so I'll forgive you if you uh, if you completely forgot about it. Uh, way back at Spine 228, we watched Salvatore Giuliani. Uh, Giuliano, rather. Is that uh, the one about the murder was... investigation? Yes. Okay. That is the one about the the investigation of the murder of uh, of a Sicilian um, uh, sort of Robin Hood character, bandit. Um, yeah. Uh, 
definitely an interesting movie. Uh, but it was it was one where uh, Rossi was trying to recreate the inquiry into Giuliano's death um, from piecemeal information because not a right. lot of it was public. Uh, Hands of the City is also the recreation of an inquiry, but he's got a lot more information on hand. Um, well, considering there are like public records for, uh, right, for, right, for the, uh, the proceedings of these places of these, uh, these right. um, whatever those things are called, parliaments, yeah. city councils, city councils. <laughs> I was trying to find the word, and I'm like, I'll go with a word. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, interestingly enough, when Salvatore Giuliano came out in 1962, just just the year before he made this. Uh, there was a lot of public interest in public outcry and, and a lot of inquiries restarted or established uh, investigating the government and the mafia. And, uh, and then Rossi turned his eye on his hometown, Naples, and decided to do a similar investigation uh, and a similar, you know, sort of fictionalization and fictionalization in air quotes uh, of uh, of an actual inquiry. Uh, but this one gets really interesting in, in the amount of backlash, not backlash, but in the amount of, uh, of activity inspired by his previous film. It's interesting that in this one, the city council is played by the city council. Oh, really? like, like a lot of a lot of people in this movie are playing themselves or versions of themselves in a way that suggests that they they fully believe that they did nothing wrong in this and this movie will vindicate them which is honestly the best possible scenario right like yeah. in the, like whenever you can get a person to just say what they did in like you see it in other documentaries as well like this is a yeah. obviously this is a very like good example of that but whenever whenever they like oh well i didn't do anything wrong so i'll just tell people what i did and then everybody was like no you definitely did something wrong yeah uh, essentially yeah. you know what uh, reddit's based off of basically that's 85 to 90 percent <laughs> of reddit right is like people telling other people what they did and everybody else being like no you definitely that was yeah. definitely wrong you definitely did a wrong thing so um now, other than that, uh, there are there are some people playing parts in this that are parts, obviously. Uh, Rod Steger, American actor, and we've talked previously about the Italian <laughs> yeah, trend about around the this time. That is that yes <laughs> of hiring <laughs> an American ever. actor to star in your movie? Yes, which is the uh, best. I still can never deal with it. I love it so much. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. So so we've got Rod Steger uh, playing uh, playing our our main character. The uh, Eduardo Natala, who is the the builder and and city council member, who is using his position to make a lot of money, um, aligned with the right wing political element, uh, but uh, but also the uh, the head of the city council is played by Renzo Fernelli, who at the time was the editor in chief of Avante, which is the. Uh, uh, Italian Socialist Party's uh, historical newspaper in Rome, uh, 
Um, he plays Antonio Caldoro, the, the socialist leader of the city council. Um, De Vita um, is played by uh, uh, then senator for the same party. Um, so it's it's some people stepping into the roles, right? Um, but it is it is also uh, it is also people sort of playing themselves in a lot of right. a lot of regards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, when it's when the city council, you know, raises their hands and say, well, that that solves it. It's not our problem. You know, it's a lot of there's a there's a certain amount of that. That is exactly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. They are sitting in their actual chambers, actual members of city council saying those things. Um, So I guess in that regard, by having uh, by having outsiders uh, play certain roles, you encourage the city council to think about this movie as purely fiction instead of a critique of them. For sure. And and (laughs) and like there's this like, again, we've seen this happen in other in other films we've we've watched. There's a certain amount of like power of film where they can where there's this, this weird magic that comes over people where they. Like, stop realizing that they're telling, like, that they're sort of telling the truth about themselves with the film. It's it's a very weird phenomenon, but it's definitely, this isn't the first time we've encountered people essentially playing themselves and, like, for lack of a better word, incriminating themselves. Right, 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 right. Now, obviously, they think that they are absolving themselves because... Absolutely. Through the nature, through the nature of the... uh, the inquiry, or they are absolving city council, um, which is you know what uh, what Davida's whole thing is is that you know this doesn't sure legally, right? Politically, but morally, no. Right. Well, then you get into that classic thing, like that that the, the sort of classic point about like not like just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right, right? Like I mean, you don't right. Every time something is legal doesn't mean that you didn't do something wrong. Yeah. I think... When did that come out? I really think that Rod Stigger's directly prior role to this... Uh, no, not quite. Um, didn't he play... Yeah, 59. Okay, so a few years prior. And he did a lot of work because he was he was... A Hollywood actor in the sixties, so right? He, he was in everything. I, you know, yeah, the class, the classic but, uh, era of I, I made seven movies this year. Yeah, but but one of one of Steger's principally known roles at the time, he starred as Al Capone in nineteen fifty nine. Oh, really? So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah. So so you're he's he's here playing this this guy who. Uh, who the movie is kind of maybe, you know, you could, this movie is enough documentary that you could just read it like those city council people read it and said, oh, he did nothing wrong. Uh, He's just utilizing the system in a capitalistic manner, in the capitalistic manner that it should be utilized. And, and, you know, his, when he brings DeVita into uh, his new apartment building and says, do you think, 
What do you think? Shouldn't more buildings be like this and not like... Do you think any of those buildings have gas kitchens or, or flow toilets? Um, you know, he's right. But Davida's right in his... To come back and say, yeah, but those people aren't going to live in these buildings. Well, right, yeah. We, we, those yeah, people. That, that's a whole yeah. societal yeah. like dysfunction, so, right? Like, yeah, those people will never be there. So I'm sure there is a reading of this movie. I think you don't have to be that self-deluded. You just have to be politically aligned differently than us to see uh, Notala as a, a, a perfectly ordinary businessman doing, doing good work. Uh, but Rossi still cast a guy who was most famous for playing Al Capone. Right. Absolutely. And a, absolutely. And a tough in on the water front. Like, so, we we get this this whole thing gets into a really gray area pretty quick because there are plenty of societies that have made exactly what he's doing definitely one hundred percent illegal. Like right. you know what I mean? Like he's not just doing capitalism; he's doing capitalism right. through like government collusion, right? Like right, right. It's and not it's, it's, it's not corruption; the it's collusion. It's meant to to flow through, right? Like. Yeah. Like while while not while that is not universally illegal in every society where it happens, there are plenty of societies that have chosen to make that particular behavior illegal. Uh, because you know you, you know there, there's a crossing of a wire there, which many societies choose to make a thing right, that right. like is frowned upon. Right? Like it's not it's not it is for good it, reason. Yeah, it is. It is. It is definitely in a very gray area because. Like yeah, we forgot to make a law for this. is a is a weird loophole to slide your your business practices through. Right. Right. Um, an interesting thing that Criterion does with this film is that the uh, the DVD is coupled with a film called uh, Neapolitan Diary, which is a Again, use the word documentary in big quotes. Yeah, they're big, uh, big quotes. Where uh, Rossi and his film crew return to Naples in 1992 or three, uh, and uh, and attend a showing of Hands Over the City by the University of Architecture in the city, uh, which, which then... Uh, uh, leads into a public forum in which industrialists and uh, university professors and students and labor activists all talk about the current state of the city. That is also framed with interviews of young men in the city who are, in one instance, a sort of in a scared straight program almost, yeah. it seems like. Um, who, who later, you know, and they're just asked, why do you steal motorbikes instead of getting a job? And he rightfully points out there are no jobs. Um, uh, you know, and it talks, it, it's mostly talking about, um, you know, the, it also talks about the influx of drugs and, uh, and organized crime, uh, moving toward that end and organized crime still being a controlling factor in Naples. Um, in general. Um, 
So it's interesting in that 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 is essentially a 30-year look back to say, hey, everything's gotten worse, gotten right. so much worse. Yeah. Um, and then they, you know, they, they one thing that doesn't really come up in Hands Over the City. In fact, I don't think I don't think Vesuvius is even mentioned in Hands Over the City, or or no, geothermal no, activity not, yeah. at all. Um, well, yeah, no, they yeah, they don't actually. But, Hands Over the City doesn't mention the environment really at, at all. Like at whereas, all. yeah, yeah, Neapolitan does a lot. Yeah. Where, where part of the concern with Neapolitan is the retaining of green spaces and the retaining of uh, escape routes in case Vesuvius goes again. Um, and they talk about they talk about Pompeii and they talk about how, you know, the last major eruption even wasn't that long ago. You know, we call it a dormant volcano, but it's not a dormant volcano. <laughs> uh, well... And talk isn't of, the old isn't the old thing every volcano is dormant until it's not dormant basically? <laughs> I suppose yes, yes. I uh, I fortunately don't live very close to many volcanoes, so I don't like, have to think about that. Like but, Mount uh, Fuji is technically a dormant volcano, but like yeah, you know, you take that with a grain of salt, right? When was the last time Fuji erupted? Oh, I have you know? no idea. Okay. It's I think it's pre yeah. like. I just know that it's like been centuries. I've, I've I've read yeah. things about it where they're like you know someday. Someday, this will happen. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's listed as an active volcano, which is fascinating. I, know, I always <laughs> thought it was listed as, as, as dormant. It's actually listed as active, which is, you know. Good to I know. mean, I live not very far from an active volcano. Like, I yeah. live. Not Fuji. You're, you're very far from Fuji. No, I'm far, I'm far away from Fuji, but I live near uh, a, Mount Aso, which is also a active volcano, yeah. which is literally you can watch it be a volcano. Like, it'll just it just does it all the time. You go there and they're just like the, it's just gushing sulfur out of the pit that's full of water because <laughs> you know that's what happens until until it erupts again, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's fascinating. And there's little sirens that say like there's warnings all over the place that like like there's shelters that you can go to if the warnings go off. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting in that it's interesting to pair the movies because hands so much seems to just be telling a sort of insular story. It's right, dramatized. Yeah, it yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in the end, the bad guy wins. Uh, but it's still, there's still people working against him. Right. Right. And also, and, we get and, the, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. And to a certain extent, the fact that he has to, uh, in order to win, he has to uh, align with the centrist government uh, implies some amount of hope that the right-wing elements are at least losing losing control. Right. Uh, and then we get to 1993 and everything's still terrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the socialists I mean, are still saying, hey, guys, no, do it this but- way. The fun thing about it is, is because the Maybe way, just the try way it that, this time. yeah, like the way it's framed though is fascinating in the sense that like this is one of those classic movies where the bad guy can win, but like the movie's framed in such a way where like he wins but he doesn't win in the sense that like we the audience are like, hey, fuck that guy, who is also happens yeah. to be a real person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a fascinating thing that can happen with these sort of these dramatizations and documentaries where it's like. Yeah, yeah, okay, you won. But guess what? We just watched a movie telling us that, like, 
telling us 100% that you're a fucker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's a, as, that is a form of winning and losing at the same time, right? You could just, like, by, by sheer nature of making this movie, he essentially made that person in a sort of weird cosmic way lose, if that makes sense. Because he's obviously, he obviously does actually win, right? Like, on a fundamental level, right? Like, you mean, all of his plans happen, you know what I mean? Like, it. Right. So he doesn't. We don't. We don't win. But like in a weird retroactive way, the yeah the audience gets the win because it's like, hey, we all now know that this this guy's an asshole. Uh, I don't know. It's right. just, it's a weird right. thing that can happen exclusively in things about real people, right? Like that don't happen with like yeah. like if you watch a, a purely fictional movie and the bad guys win, you're like, well, that that happened. You know what I mean? Because like there's no real world recourse. Whereas, right. like, with the with a film about a real person, there is in the sense that yeah, well, now we all know we ought to hate this guy. <laughs> right, right. And if if Rosie made this hoping for the same uh, political results as uh, Salvatore Giuliano, uh, you know that's great. But but also it seems kind of like when Waja made a movie that accurately explained Marxism in the hopes that. Yeah, that everybody the would Soviets get on board. would yeah. be overthrown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it is. I mean, were like, that, yeah, like, leave that a in. dream to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's worthwhile. I mean, like, that's, you know, just because it doesn't work doesn't mean it's not worth doing, right? Right. Uh, so the Criterion essay that comes with this uh, is written by, uh, by uh, Stuart Kluwana, Kluwans. Yeah. Let me say his name again. Is written by Stuart Clawans, K L A W A N S. I really have no idea how to pronounce that. Anyway, uh, who's a film critic for the Nation has been since 1988, um, and it's it's interesting because he he talks about Rossi as making investigative thrillers, movies that are designed to get political action done. Uh, but he sort of ends up also talking about um, Rossi as uh, as sentimental and the idea that, that perhaps the point of Hands Over the City was less about being against corrupt and colluding uh, industrialists changing over the city and perhaps more against anyone changing over the city. Uh and one of the pieces of evidence that, that he cites for that is the fact that uh, Neapolitan uh, diary ends with Rossi uh, falling asleep and having a dream in which the building collapse scene from Hands is replayed backwards so that the, the old tenement uh, is rebuilt magically. Uh, and this idea that what Rossi cares about is uh, is um, Maples retaining what it was from his childhood, um, and I don't know. I don't know if I the don't, rest. I really don't buy into that argument. I really I don't really buy into that either. Uh, and maybe like, and maybe I'm not being with that. Yeah, maybe I'm not being fair to 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 that interpretation because I'm I'm so against it. Um, yeah, but I I think okay, 
yes, it's possible. Uh, and I think your your line of self-questioning is worthwhile. But I would say that, number one, if you if you also believe that, like, corruption led to the death of people, you could... That would also be a thing you would still have happen in your dream. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if only the corruption didn't exist, this wouldn't have happened, right? Um, yeah. Number one. And number two, the actors he got were all members of the Socialist Party. Yeah. Yeah. Like, right. which makes me, like, lean towards this also just generally trying to be a political piece, right? Like, it's meant to be. Right. Like, if, you're, if your primary function was nostalgia, let's not, like, earnestly believe that the Socialists would not change the city. Right. Like, and the purpose. Nobody is like that naive, right? <laughs> like, yeah. that's just. No. And within, within, within diary, you know, all of the all of the people advocating change that he's talking to are are, are advocating. Well, no, uh, the building new buildings is good, but they need to keep in mind the geothermic state. Right. They need to be buildings the, uh, that are built with awareness for the environment, yeah. rather than just like, hey, right. we need another need office to, building over here. We need to retain green space and like the city planning. The entire the entire idea of city planning to begin with was to keep this district going up the coast, and instead, it's just bogged down right here. Yeah, I um, like the guy's description yeah. of like, well, it was meant to be linear, and then we built that fucking cul-de-sac. Basically, it's like it's <laughs> basically, the, yeah. Like, oops. And on top of that, you know, even further geological problems with that. Like, I, I think I think that guy brings up New York City, and New York City's built. The reason New York Manhattan exists as Manhattan exists is because it's got a fairly shallow bedrock, so you can build all those very tall buildings on direct. Uh, direct bedrock and that supports them that's how it exists and he he's like this is a coastal volcano it's not exactly uh, you can't exactly have a bunch of skyscrapers and expect them to stay standing Uh, and it's a subtle suggestion that what's going what happened to the tenement in hands will happen to this entire financial district uh, because it'll become untenable at some point Uh, right yeah um. So yeah, I I mean I understand Rossi ending with some amount of nostalgia and and the ending of the ending of Diary suggests maybe that, but I think what it further suggests is a time where the poor were actually taken care of, uh, right? Or or at least not actively were were actively actively driven stopped from on. their homes. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. let's be clear here. When, when the guy points at the buildings and says, do you think those buildings have gas kitchens and running water? Right. And the answer is patently no. Like, we know it's... Right, a, he's right. They're not being cared for that well by the society as right. it stands at the time, obviously. Right. But, but they're also not being driven from their homes and made to live, like, some... Like, right. you know... You're, you're not, we're not slowly creating a further and further distant ring of where the, the people who right. who support the city are allowed to live, right? Like Their homes like, and and their jobs. Right. You know, we get a bunch of artisans and, and right. small, uh, true, yeah. small-time industry guys who, who are working, you know, in that scene where they're being evicted. Those guys are saying, no, this is, this is where, not just where we live, it's where we work, you know. Right. And when, and like, when if we, you see if we the were result, to like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
you see the result of the uh, the destruction of those those small time industries uh, in the lack of and, and not replacing them with job other sorts of jobs and the training to do those other sorts of jobs. We get a generation in the future where the kids aren't all right. There's nothing. There's no. There right, are no yeah. what, jobs for have them. a job. Oh yeah, there aren't any. Because there are no jobs. Because the only job available then, the only way I can make money and and bring anything in, and the only way that I can have any amount of hope in my in my prospects changing, is to sell drugs, right? Or to steal motorbikes or purses from tourists, you know. And it's uh, you know, and that is <clears throat> that is not an oversimplification of that problem. That is literally, literally the solution. Yeah, that is one hundred percent the problem. I mean, is it, it, is, it, it, is unemployment? It is, it is a. It is. It, it is endemic to the system, right? Like, I mean, it just. Right. It is right. It's going to happen right. literally everywhere. This system. Right. Exists. Right? Yes. Like, that is just not just true of Naples. This. That is. That is true of Detroit, and that is true of Chicago. That is true of Columbus, and then I'm sure to to an extent it is true of Nagasaki. You know, it is. It's true, it's true of it's true of absolutely every city in a capitalist society. Like straight up, it just right. That's the that is the the sort of natural course of action for this system, and it it nets the same result. Which is, I mean, the only difference is how the society chooses to deal with those those disenfranchised people, right? Like that's where because the system is going to make them straight up. It just will. That's its job, basically. Right. Uh, the question is, what do you as a society do with those people, right? And and that's, you know, Naples clearly did not make a lot of great choices in that direction during that time, right? Like, they had... Right. We, the time elapses, and we find out, guess what? They didn't make a lot of great choices. They built a lot more big buildings, well, a lot more I offices. Well, I mean, they, they did that thing where they prior... They did that thing where they prioritized the, the concept and idea of economic growth over what that actually means for individual people living in their society, right. right? Like lots of a lot of societies choose to do that, right? Like using using economic growth as a as a metric for success is a is a right. wildly difficult and strange thing to do, right? Like in the end, right? You're you're saying like it was like it's like whenever they're like, oh well we create a lot of jobs. Well, okay, yes. How much do those jobs pay, right? Is a a lot of those grow, a lot of those metrics fail to account account for all the factors involved in like human life, right? So, right. And this is definitely one of them. They they prioritize making sure that the city grew economically, and they were very successful. It looks like that's a hell of a financial yeah. district. It is very large and very robust looking. Is it right? But it is clearly failing a majority of the people who live in the city. Right. Right. And it's a, a huge city too, as they keep reminding you of. You know, you know, in the at the time of hands, the city was seven hundred thousand people, and by the time uh, by the time we get to nineteen ninety three, it's one point five million, is what they said. Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, that's a huge population. No, it's uh, <laughs> a lot of people being failed. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, and yeah. And, and that's and I think in the end that's really what he's going for, right? Like that's the actual, right. that's what this movie is about, right? Is right. government just one hundred percent 
failing the people, right? Because as soon as you start talking about like sort of legal loopholes and like I didn't actually do anything wrong, you've already failed the people, right? Because right, right. The words I didn't actually well, do anything wrong are antithetical to the idea of actually helping the people in your society, right? Like, oh, I found this loophole that didn't do anything wrong. As soon as those sentiments went up in the first place, everything you know, they'd already failed, right? Exactly. You know, no, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Those those buildings are too tall to be centuries old. So, uh, you know, the the issue is not. One of the things that the council absolves themselves by saying is that the fire department is absolved because there were no code violations because no one reported anything because that's, you know, you don't catch the code violations so someone reports them. But you've created a situation where people need to live in a place. Right. And you're if not they know that the end result in the place, yeah. Right. Yeah. If they know that the end of the result of reporting a code violation is that they and all of their neighbors get kicked out of the building. And the building gets destroyed, and they're not resettled somewhere else with with an equal quality of life. Uh, you know that's uh, they're not going to report it. Reporting really quickly, yeah. You know, we'll, and that's we'll, the sort we'll of thing. Do that. Yeah. Uh, what was that? That British tenement fire uh, a oh, couple right, of years with ago. The, the cladding or whatever that was that was. Um, yeah. Not properly and fireproofed like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Grenfell Grenfell Tower, and, you know, and that's the same thing. They're they're still dealing with the aftermath of that, in that people are not being resettled into uh, into a similar quality of life. Yeah, or 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 more more to the point, into a better quality of life because you were already living in. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the goal yeah. should always be better, right? Like, I mean, the, in the end. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That, it, it's nothing. Not like. These movies can be very depressing that way because whenever we we see we encounter movies about social injustice and change, the the final answer pretty much when we examine the present is well, didn't work. Uh, but then again, like you know, we we have to set the expectations to match the reality of the world, which is like you and I watched it and. It was definitely an affecting film in that way, and presumably other people yeah. watched it and also were affected by it. And so, it it's, it didn't do not it didn't do nothing. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, you were pretty much but, on board for its what it had to say right, anyway. But right. like, unfortunately, that's, what, that's what, Neapol- uh, I mean, what Neapolitan Diary proves is that what it did do uh, was ineffectual. So. Well, right, but like, yeah, I mean, but if and, we and kudos the, to I, Rosie for being willing to go back and say that, right? <laughs> like, right. like this I stuff's mean, still a problem even thirty years on. So I failed thirty years ago, right? Is. But I mean, like that—that's like, <laughs> I don't know. It gets really weird, right? Because like, can a can an artist consider their work a failure if it doesn't radically alter the society in which it was created? Like, that's a wild set of expectations to put upon yourself, right? Well, I didn't fix the world. I guess I'm a failure. It's a really weird way Listen, to approach so life. I I understand that that is an unrealistic expectation, but looking at the sorts of political movies Rossi makes, I think that is definitely yeah, one I mean, of his... Yeah, that's what he wants. That's what he wants. 
So whether whether or not it is a a crushing, depressing failure, and whether or not he acknowledges that he failed are two different questions. So. Right. Yeah, I just I was <laughs> it just I mean, but from our perspective, when we look at it, right, like you know, we don't have to judge it on the same set of criteria that he does, right? Like we're not bound by his his perspective, right? Right, right. Uh, and like from a from a more sort of pure perspective, I think it does the thing it set like it doesn't accomplish the thing it set out to do because obviously that was fucking change the world. Yeah. But right. uh it does convey the information quite effectively that he wished to convey, right? So from our right. from a pretty reasonable perspective it is very successful and it's well done. I mean, it's you're just yeah, you're yeah, there's that, that's a whole mess, right? Because yeah, the Waja film and all that stuff. It's like yeah, like, this fundamental belief that you could just you just make the right film and the whole world will change. Uh, right. Now this is a movie actually, that came out the same. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, this movie came out the same year as The Leopard. Um, you know, in that was that was an Italian movie that was was very much along the same lines even more outright making an argument that without fundamental power structure changes, nothing is actually going to change. Right. That the, you know, the people, the people in power may change, but as long as the power structures don't change, as long as the, uh, as long as the lower class is content to be in the lower class because they think that they're better off than they are for whatever reason. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. that book, that movie had the fundamental, like the the, the, the very when boiled down was, I think we talked about it, essentially the the statement like old our new boss same as the old boss, right? Like, right, it's right, basically right. Just that that's that story, right? And this one kind of is too, right? Like when we look at the 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 next movie, the the Neapolitan Diary, it, it's you know that's that, right? Yeah. But you know, it's it's yeah. I I think this movie is is good at what it wants to do. Like it conveys the information really effectively. It's a it's a good right. movie. Like um, right, it's a very good movie, and and, 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 and I, and I particularly end, love that. Like, yeah, go ahead. I love I love the introduction to the movie. The the first few scenes, uh, the pre credit scenes where. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, uh, Steger's character very clearly presenting uh, this idea that yeah, we're gonna make a ton of money, guys. That's all the point. That is my entire my right. entire like motivation too, yeah. here. I like that um, a lot too. The sound design in this movie is really great too. Uh, I particularly love the uh, the election night scene where we're just hearing crowd noises. And and right. maybe distant announcements, but we don't actually hear. Yeah, we don't uh, actually listen the, to the speeches uh, or the politicians. Yeah, yeah. That's really and cool. I think that's that's indicative of the same sort of uh, same sort of story that the leopard is telling too. That you know, until these power structures change, uh, nothing really changes. Um, and it doesn't matter what these people say. And I think Davida, in the end, you know, as he's as he's continuing his speech at the council. Uh, and and not getting anything done, and at the same time, Natalo's across town with members of parliament 
and a uh, a church cardinal breaking ground on his new building, right? As long right. as those power structures don't change, nothing's going to change. And this is this is subtler and more subtly suggesting that than the leopard is. The leopard really outright comes out and says it. Um, I wonder if they both came out in '63. I wonder if Burt Lancaster and Rod Steger were just hanging out in Italy together. I, I I would propose an Adam Sandler sort of scenario where they literally just wanted to go on vacation together in Italy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We'll both get jobs in these movies. It'll be great. Um, but yeah, I it's. I really keep just getting hung up on the format of. Neapolitan Dream or Neapolitan Diary. Yeah, well, that a, one that that is a. I, as, I I'm actually like as a documentary. Honestly speaking, just... like, I'm I'm torn a little bit on whether or not it was a good choice or not for us to watch that. Yeah, because just because like I don't know. I'm always, it, sometimes I get this way about these films. Like we. The movie that we are fundamentally supposed to be talking about, right, is Hand Over the Sea, yeah. right? But we end up in this weird scenario where, like, that recontextualizes that recontextualizes things so much that we're actually basically just talking about Neapolitan Diary, right? Like, I mean, in the end. Well, yeah. It, 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 as a pair to uh, Hand Over the City, right, it, it, it is essentially, like, the sequel, right? It, it's the... Right wanted to know what happened next and then the answer is oh shit yeah um and i get a little bit hung torn on that because what it does do to a certain extent is deprive us of because we don't like do an episode of for the 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 original and then do like what we end up doing is like not necessarily giving the main movie like a per se a fair shake on it you know yeah that's fair like, you and I know the answer, right? Like, we know nothing changed. We know that he didn't fucking fix capitalism. Right, right. And uh, within within the realm of, of hands itself, we see that story take place. Right, we know that already. Right. But, like, but by right. by, by including the sequel as a sort of a pair set, it, it, it highlights that even more extremely so that it makes it, to a certain extent, less us less able to just appreciate the original movie for what it is, does that make sense? It it is essentially, it is essentially, uh, you know, the author's perspective barging its way into our podcast, right? Right, like right. In, a, in a more in a that more extreme way than is normal, because normally we get like articles and we get little quotes from them about like what they wanted to do or like how they felt about it. But this is like, nope, I made a movie, another movie that you watched explaining to you how disappointed I am with how things turned out with this movie. Right, right. That's fair. Yeah, it's just a, it's an, it's a level of meta commentary that makes it almost impossible for us to ignore, which is kind of unfair. And the fact, we ignore the the fact that, that all the fucking time, that's what we do. That's our like yeah. our hallmark. I just, I don't know. Part of it is is that the nature of of Diary as a film itself is intriguing to me, and interesting to me in that it is it is semi documentary, but it is also 
like they're on the train and they're talking about how they're going to shoot this movie with people who are clearly acting in their capacity yeah, yeah. in talking about why this movie is being made and like right. the interactions with the uh the interactions with the with the one shopkeeper who uh who confuses his confuses Rosie for uh for who Desica I think um, right in talking about in talking about their past work um you know those are those are setups those are obviously preacted and obviously the ending where where Rosie falls asleep and has a dream sequence like right well like, yeah i mean it's it's interesting in what he was trying to do with that movie uh and whereas like the the speechifying is all didactic and the stuff with vesuvius seems almost like an educational film yes you know um with its own sort of fake acting over top of it with the with the two people eh, you know his two assistants complaining about the hike you know um and it's all <laughs> it's also staged and so weird well, and and i i would argue okay and and no, i th- i and i love it for that okay like i i yeah. i would partially just argue that i think it would have been a lot better if that were its own spine number that we could just watch right like right. in a separate week right is part of where I'm coming from. And then the other thing I'm coming from is like, to me, this, this, the, the, the Neapolitan diary is kind of a weird sort of natural progression of his style as a, as he sort of, I must imagine as he realizes that he's just not going to fucking change the world with movies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, as he gets older and more jaded about it, realizing that, like, oh, like, that dream is not real. And, like, what happens to this style is, is it evolves in, like, conjunction with that realization. You yeah. get, like, the meta documentary to a certain extent. And maybe, maybe uh, that's what yeah. the nostalgia is for. Maybe the ending of Diary is a nostalgia for a time where this seemed when he fixable. believed he could change things. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I mean, as a, I think that as a reason to include that at the end of the movie, it that makes that's that checks out because certainly Rossi at the time of. Henry the city certainly believed that he could change the world. I don't think yeah. that the Rossi in this film, in in the Apollon diary, believes that. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah, and and in that I'm I'm glad we watched them both. I think even if they had been like a box set with two separate spine numbers, yeah. we still would have been talking a lot about Neapolitan Diary during. And the fact that they're both included, I feel a little less bad about talking about them both. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Hands, I, I Hands just, is a phenomenal I, movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. I, and it has I a lot of very. It doesn't get necessarily regarded in its own merit for us as much because of right. what we're doing. That's all. 
Oh, that's fair. I get you. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Rosie only made one film after after uh, um, Diary. He only had one more one more project, uh, a film called The Truce, um, which was about uh, Italian Jews returning from Auschwitz. Uh, curiously, starring John Turturro, um, keeping up his keeping up his American actors, starring yeah. in Italian films. Uh, the the best thing in the world, yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I will say I will say one thing about hands is that uh, it's very interesting what Rosie does with uh, Italian neorealism realism styles. In that most of it is all uh, accurate audio caught as recording, clearly, like like microphone in the room yeah. while the the city council is presenting and whatnot. Uh, but then Steger is so obviously overdubbed in a completely yes. different environment. <laughs> yes, it's it's it is pretty hilarious. Um, it is it is actually bad. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's hilariously is, it is so. Bad, yes, yeah, yeah. It is it is it is enough when it happens to to borderline take you out of the movie. Uh, yeah, it, it is actually a struggle to like stay in it because you're like, man, this is terrible. It is, it is it's hilariously really bad. bad at times. <laughs> like like the opening the opening sequence at least it makes sense because they seem to have at least still recorded it outside. But right. but the interior rooms they have like a completely quiet recording room. Yeah, <laughs> so it, there's no it does that. It's, it's kind of beautiful actually, I think. Yeah. Like it, I I'm actually like I was kind of hoping because we've definitely encountered um we have definitely encountered Italian films where they just dubbed everybody. Right, right. And I was kind of hoping they would just go for that, but they didn't. And here that might have made sense, but but they don't. And that makes it jarring, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think we could probably pull this one to a close. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really satisfied. I, yeah. Yeah, we've been talking about Hands Over the City uh, in conjuncture with a uh, it's it's thirty year later follow up sequel documentary weird thing, uh, <laughs> both by Francesco Rossi. I like that this uh, is impossible to describe. It really is. It really is. It really we, is. In the Criterion Collection, we have watched we have watched so many documentaries that push push the boundary of the term documentary to the point where, where it's possible that by the definition of documentary that Criterion seems to use, there is actually nothing that qualifies as a documentary. Uh, right. And and this one equally pushes the idea of what a documentary well, is. Well, in, a, like, in a totally different direction. Yeah. There have been very rare instances within the documentaries we've watched where I wouldn't have to put weird quotes around the word documentary. You know, even... Uh, Grey Gardens is possibly the more straightforward example, but even that we have the Maisel brothers actively interacting with their subjects, right? Right, yeah, uh, we, and and we talked extensively about that as a documentary style. At least that is right. an, is a sort of acknowledged documentary style. I do right, not think what right. we are watching here is an acknowledged documentary style. What we're watching here is more like F for Fake, a a, a video right. essay. 
but at the same time, it's it's my it's very different to F for Fake because it's doing different things with F for Fake certainly, but also it is it is fundamentally different to what F for Fake is um, in style and in in execution. Um, so yeah, it's just it's all it is a fascinating fascinating movie in, in it is what, i i i really and in trying to understand what rosie's even it, thinking but... in doing it that way is very interesting to me as well but yeah yeah um yeah just just very interesting uh so next week we'll be talking about the uh the second jane campion film uh in the collection we uh had previously discussed an angel at my table uh, and next week we'll be talking about Sweetie, which is also the only other Jane Campion film in the Criterion Collection. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but we look forward to that. We really, I really loved An Angel on My Table, uh, not not just for the biographical element, you know, and understanding the writer's story, but uh, but Campion was a very good filmmaker. In, in, yeah, we we liked it a lot. I, I think so, this is going to be. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. excited to see a little. It's it's unfortunate that it's it's really just the two movies, but you know, yeah, yeah. But we look forward to that. Thank you once again for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am as always the Adam Glass. With me as always, John Patrick Oatari Dorian, and we'll see you next time. Listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorian and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of WithTwoBrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at JonathanHape.bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lost in criterion. We'd appreciate it.